Acts chapter 15, with the historical record inspired by God through the pen of Luke to Theophilus about the only inspired church council that we put any stock in. I want to thank my father for leading that time of prayer this morning. What a blessing and what a good way to start our worship every Lord's Day. Acts chapter 15, our theme for today is to continue our study of the role of faith in salvation. We want to understand it the way the Bible teaches it, not the way that men have invented it and emphasized and exaggerated it. Faith has a minor role because faith without works is dead. Faith without works is no more than a devil's faith. And we want to make sure that we emphasize things just the way the Bible emphasizes them. And while we are most thankful that God has put faith in our hearts, we want to add to that faith all the things that needed to be added to it, as Second Peter 1, 5 through 8 describes. Lord, help us to that end. In Acts chapter 15, we have a lengthy historical account of an inspired church council that took place at Jerusalem to deal with the heresy of Jewish legalism. We cannot comment on it at length. I just want to take two sections of it and read to you and use it as a springboard for our thoughts this day. Let's take up Peter in the seventh verse. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and said unto them, Men and brethren, ye know how that a good while ago God made choice among us, that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why tempt ye God? to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples, which neither our fathers nor we were able to bear. But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Amen Amen and amen. I want you to notice that in the seventh verse, Paul Peter said that God had made choice among us. Now, that choice that God made there is extended beyond just Peter's choice as the apostle of the Lord's apostles to preach to the Gentiles. That part is most definitely true, that Peter was picked in Acts chapter 10 to take the gospel to the household of Cornelius. However, the choice of God is extended through the rest of that sentence because it was Gentiles that were chosen by God to hear the word of the gospel, and it was a particular family of Gentiles that was chosen by God to hear the gospel, and they were chosen to believe that gospel that Peter preached to them. And so it's God's choice wherever we turn in Scripture that is the deciding difference on whether a man has faith or not. And we want to be thankful to the Lord of heaven for that. And that God that made the choice in verse 7, he knows the hearts of all men, and so he gave Peter a token of encouragement by granting the household of Cornelius, the gift of tongues, which was the gift of Pentecost, so that Peter would have the courage to baptize Gentiles, which was 
a very strange thing in those days in the early church that had been made up of Jews. And so that's what verse 8 tells us. And verse 9 says that God put no difference between us and them. That is us Jews and them Gentiles, purifying their hearts by faith. God opened the hearts of Cornelius and his household to believe the preaching of the gospel so that they could purify their hearts by believing from all the impure, pagan, false doctrines, imaginations, traditions of men. And God gave the faith. Because notice who is acting in this ninth verse. God put no difference between us and them. God purified their hearts by faith. Just as He did with Lydia, just as He did with Peter in Matthew chapter 16, when the Lord Jesus said, Flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto thee, Peter, but my Father in heaven. So was Cornelius convinced of the truthfulness of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And embracing that, your heart is made pure in a practical way. God opens your heart by regeneration. Then he opens it to believe so that you're delivered from all the false doctrines of men that Cornelius would have been taught as a Roman. Now Peter goes on to say, why in the world are we having a council to even consider putting the yoke of the Old Testament upon Gentile believers? Why would we even consider that? since our fathers nor we were able to keep that yoke. And then he summarizes this way, and these are the last words of Peter at the council. Verse 11, But we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. Notice the wording that it doesn't say, We believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, they shall be saved even as we putting the Jews up first and making the Jews important and saying, yes, God's allowing the Gentiles to tag along and some of them be saved like he has saved some of the Jews. Instead, the Holy Spirit words it differently that we hope by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we Jews who are part of his chosen physical nation will be saved the same way they are. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are Peter's words. And let us be thankful this day that God made choice among the Gentiles that we would hear the truth of the gospel and that we would believe it and that God would send men with beautiful feet to preach that gospel to us. Let's be thankful and let's have the same hope and belief that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we're going to be saved like the greatest saint that we can read about in the pages of Scripture. Except it's worded the other way. That the greatest saint recorded in the pages of Scripture would be saved the same way we are, by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul and Barnabas speak next in verse 12, and then after they had finished speaking in verse 13, James takes up and summarizes the council and brings it to a conclusion. Men and brethren, hearken unto me. Simeon, that's Peter, hath declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles, to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets, as it is written, After this I will return, and will build again the tabernacle of David, which is fallen down. And I will build again the ruins thereof, and I will set it up, that the residue of men might seek after the Lord, and all the Gentiles, upon whom my name is called, saith the Lord, 
who doeth all these things. God does all these things. That Gentiles are saved in any sense, and that Gentiles are saved by believing the gospel in a practical way. It's all the work of God who doeth all these things. And then, known unto God are all his works from the beginning of the world. Last Lord's Day we began with a text that's very loved among us, 2 Thessalonians 2.13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren beloved of the Lord, because God hath chosen you from the beginning to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Here it is said, known unto God are all His works from the beginning of the world. There's that choice to salvation from the foundation of the world that resulted in Gentiles being converted. And this quotation out of Amos, which we would not be able to figure out ourselves, James, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, tells us that this, though claimed to be the most important dispensational passage in the Bible, has nothing to do with the future regathering of Jews It is a description of the gathering of Gentiles that had already commenced in the days of the apostles. And that is why James quoted it by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That prophecy out of Amos was about you and me. That known unto God are his works at bringing Gentiles in, and he has raised up the house of David. The house of David, or the kingdom of David, or the kingdom of God, is greater than it ever was in the history of the world. It is larger than it has ever been. And the Son of David sits on that regal throne, the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven, at the right hand of the majesty on high, and he reigns with a rod of iron. And we are the fulfillment of Acts chapter 15. Dispensationalists make me sick. They're such Jew lovers that they do not understand the true people of God. The true people of God are not Jews or Greeks. But they're the children of God by special predestinated adoption who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you, Lord, for saving us Gentiles who were strangers to the covenants of promise and outside the commonwealth of Israel. But you have brought us in and made us one through the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brethren, if it were not for the grace of God and the works that he had purposed before the foundation of the world... We would be lost worshiping at Stonehenge or anywhere else where Gentiles have worshipped without the knowledge of the true God or His Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. And thank you that at the Council of Jerusalem, the Holy Spirit defended us Gentiles. That the Jews would be saved even as we're saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be thy name. We thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, that you do all these things, and that your works were known unto you from the foundation of the world. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, that your foreknowledge is not your foreknowledge or knowing what we would do, because when you saw and looked upon the children of men, you found that there were none that did understand nor seek after God, They were all gone out of the way. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. But Heavenly Father, your foreknowledge is that knowledge you have of your own works. 
that you're going to do in the earth toward us. And we thank thee for that. And we bless thy name that you made choice that we would hear the gospel and believe. And we thank thee that you purified our hearts by faith. And we know that it is not flesh and blood that reveals the truth of the gospel to us, but even our Father in heaven, by the power of the Holy Ghost, that is able to open the heart and mind of Peter to profess Jesus as the Christ, or to open the heart of Lydia, that she would attend unto the things spoken and preached by Paul. We bless and praise your holy name. And Heavenly Father, we rest in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and believe that we shall be saved through him and by him. By the means of his death, the everlasting covenant was brought into force and is binding upon all those that are the assigned beneficiaries of it according to your eternal counsel. We thank thee that by inspiration we can understand the prophecy of Amos and find it fulfilled here in the 15th of Acts that it applies to us and not some future carnal, earthly, physical, national regathering of carnal Jews, but of the spiritual children of God that are led by the Spirit of God. Heavenly Father, be with us this day. Bless our worship. Unite our hearts to fear thy name. Lift our voices to sing your praise worthy of your great name. Be among us. Be with all your servants and saints in every place. Preserve this nation that we might continue to worship in such freedom. Guide and direct our every thought that it would be centered upon the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, that we would see the proper place of our faith, lest we put too much emphasis on our faith and not on the object of that faith, even Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. We thank Thee for the second Adam, who obeyed for us, and made many righteous by his singular obedience. And it's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we commit this assembly. Amen.